Well, hey guys, we're going to get started tonight. Um, you already all know Dan, so I don't have to give him any introduction, but uh, everyone online might not know Dan, so everyone say hello to our online folks. Yeah, all, all 17 subscribers, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, Dan, he's going to be preaching, this is his first time preaching at Ecclesia, and uh, he's going to take it away, so give it up for Dan. What's up, guys? Um, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> like I have to do some formal introduction. Um, well, it's kind of funny. I just got back from. Let me explain why I was late. I got back from like a football um, coaches meet or parents meeting, and they had to Get introduce to the all the. They had to introduce all of the coaches. Um, please, Josh. Yep. Um, they had to introduce all the coaches, so I get up there, and um, there's like probably like a hundred plus parents or something there. And I'm standing there, and I'm, like, feeling kind of nervous. Like, butterflies in my stomach, and there's something about, like, a big group of people with, like, people you don't know and all this, um, you know. But I've been doing acting for a while, so. (laughs) 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 No, but it's weird, but it's nice being, uh, just speaking with some people I love and people that love me. And um, so, yeah. So, tonight, um, we're going through the series called Justified. The Book of Romans, Justified, and um, Matt did chapter 1, and I get to kick off chapter 2, and um, so Matt gave me a little shout out last week, um, talking about my skills with coming up with good titles, and uh, titles for sermons, um, they said comments like, man, he would be like the number one youth minister with those names type of thing and uh so <laughs> i said yeah i'm joking you can love um so i came up with a few creative names um for you guys for this you know why not just have one title right let's have a few so um the first one was who's your daddy <laughs> the second one was justice served and um kind of sweet and then some of you might understand this one uh judge duty <laughs> like a judge's duty, but like Judge Judy. Yeah, it's really funny. And then uh, the last one, who's judges it anyways? So that was, I thought that one would have some respect, you know, that's a good one. Um, so nevertheless, I'm super excited to kick off Matthew chapter 2. Um, so to start this off, um, there's been something... Oh, did I say Matthew? Romans. Um, I was looking at my notes. Um, that's why I said that. But Romans chapter 2. So I thought that I've been compliment. Oh, I didn't tell you the real name for the title. Um, it's My Father, My King. And so it's pretty subtle, pretty, uh, pretty awesome name. And uh, why it's My Father? Because we're going to be looking at who our Father is and uh, who our King is. And I put that who is our King or my King in there because um, I've been really... Just God's been stirring it in my heart that God is our king. And I've been kind of like thinking back like through video games I've played, through movies I've watched, like what it would really be like. Um, I know it is, but what it would be like if it was like here on earth type of thing. Um, what would it be like if Jesus was our king in this physical kingdom um, that's you know, going to come, but it's not here yet. What it would really feel like and look like to have just a king and like to be able to say like, this is my king. Like, straight up, like, this is my king. Like, you see the movie, like, The Gladiator, all these people, like, like all, all the guy does is, like, stand up in the auditorium or something, and everyone's like, ah. Like, all this, like, could you imagine just all the followers of Jesus one day that we're going to see, like, all of us around, and then Jesus is just going to, like, 
stand up and like smile at us and everyone's just gonna be like oh, like our king like it's just an amazing thought knowing that who our king is his goodness his forgiveness how great he is and um just the idea of a king and so um so with that in mind um uh we're gonna get started and i'll read through it real quick um, we're gonna go verses one through ten and uh starting off says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life, but for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, um, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. So I'm going to start us off with verse 1. It says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. And so I want to separate this, just clear this right off the bat. Um, how many of you know that um, we should um, judge each other as believers? We should call each other up. We should call each other out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And um, so when he says, therefore you have no excuse, oh man, everyone who judges, um, it's not talking about that. We're talking about a condemning judgment that's, you know, judging someone's heart when we don't even know their heart, judging those type of things. But... Let's make it clear that us as believers, um, we should be calling each other up and calling each other out. And so just a quick encouragement for everybody is if you don't have someone that you see regularly or meet with regularly or um, a mentor or even just a peer or whatever um, that can help sharpen you and call you up, um, I encourage you guys to find somebody, to reach out to a brother or sister in this group, um, to reach out to a leader in the church, um, but someone, someone who you know can call you up. And then when we talk about calling each other up, um, we can't quite call each other up if we're still struggling with the same thing. So if I'm living in this sin and my brother is struggling in this sin, how can I call him up when I'm still down here? Does that make sense? So just like, you know, um, just know that. And so uh, I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And... um, Turn there real quick. Chapter 7. Verses 1 through 5. It says, so this is kind of just Jesus putting it in words on judging others, judging each other. It says, um, judge not that you will not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. So you'll be judged with the same judgment that you judge by. Um, And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, 
when there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly, um, you'll see clearly to take out the speck out of your brother's eye. Um, so guys, just straight up, um, we're called to call each other out, but um, let's first check ourselves and uh, make sure that we are walking in victory, you know, rising up in that victory, um, so we have that confidence and that authority and that boldness to call each other up. Amen to that? Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so uh, I got a little story for you guys, um, and it has to do with uh, uh, what I'll explain shortly after. Um, I was driving in the car one day. Um, I think I was in the back seat, or, or I was in the front seat. Not that that detail matters, right? Um, but I'm sitting there, and um, we're just kind of hounding. Uh, me and my fellow brothers, uh, I'll just leave them unnamed because um, how horrible they are. Uh, just kidding. Uh, we were driving, <laughs> and we make fun of each other. Uh, we kind of, Not make fun of each other, but we poke at each other a little bit, just out of love and joking around. We don't push each other too far because we know we can handle it, of course. You know who to push buttons on, who not. You know, you just always be cautious, whatever. And driving in the car, and I haven't really gotten my buttons pushed very much, like up until this point where I'm sitting in the car, and I just start getting, like, hammered on, like, People like my, my boys making fun of me like uh like oh man like like just calling out like little funny things like testing my pride a little bit and I'm like I'm sitting there just like man this was really funny when I was doing this to other people when it happens to me like what the heck is this like this isn't fun anymore why is this and I'm just sitting there getting all frustrated and and then uh I say to I say to my buddy I say um man like I'm actually kind of upset right now. Like, can we stop like that? And, and then, the, then the person replies, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you do this to me all the time. Of course not. And um, so just going into the verses in uh, Romans chapter 2, um, it says, uh, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. And um, this you, who he's theoretically talking about right now, is the Jewish, the Jewish person, right? And the chapters before, you know, therefore, look, um, what was there before. And, you know, it just calls out the ways of the Gentiles, the lawlessness, the unrighteousness, all these things that the Gentiles and all these people were indulging in. And then he gets to the Romans and he just calls them out. And you just, you know, just imagine like the Jew, the Jewish people's faces, they're reading this and, and the, you know, they're calling out the Gentiles. And they're like, yeah, this is like, you know, this is awesome. And then just like hold the phone, stop the record. It's your turn. And they're like, whoa, like what? And then, and then they're faced with a decision like, I was faced with the decision to be like bitter. I could have been like bitter, like or like my pride could have been just like showing out and all this and all this stuff. But but then I I just realized like man, I need to get over myself. Like I need to be able to laugh at myself. You know I'm in the same boat that that person is in. So you know how can I get upset when I'm doing the same thing as this person? You know vice versa. And so that's kind of the Jew in this situation. And it says um it says. Um, you Jews who practice the very same things. Um, the judge practices the very same things. The Jew is the judge. And um, he's saying you practice the very same things. And the Jewish person would be like, man, I don't, 
I don't do, you know, um, fornication. I don't, I don't do, um, I don't, I'm not an adulterer or adulteress. Um, I'm not doing all this. I'm not doing this and that. And then, um, but the Jews sin is the same, but they do it in a different way. You know, sin is sin. The Jews fall short just as much as the Gentiles. I fall short just as much as you. You fall short just as much as me. And it's just kind of this thing where they're just doing it a different way. And the Jews, they're just they're in this mentality, they're in this mindset where um, they can judge others, you know, but but when it comes to them, their heart is so hard and they're stuck in their own ways and their culture. Like the Jewish people, um, I was reading up on like how kind of ignorant they, they were in a way. And um, straight up like they went as far as believing that they were God's chosen people, which, you know, they were, but, um, but when they got up to heaven, even if they, you know, didn't make it to heaven, they'd have Abraham over there, their father, to come pull them over to the gates of leading to heaven. Like, they thought, you know what, no matter what I do, you know, I'm good enough, I'm special, I don't need to do it the same way as everyone else, I'm set aside, you know, all this stuff. Um, does that make sense? That, that was their kind of line of thought. And then we'll turn over to Luke chapter 18, um, verses 9 through 4. Luke 18, verses 9 through 4. And this kind of just puts that into perspective on uh, 18, 9 through 4. Or, well, 4 there we go. Sorry, guys. Um, so I'll read it. It says, this is Jesus talking? He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treaded others with contempt. Um, so now this is, this just says just what I talked about straight up right here. It says, two men, Jesus says, two men went up to the end of the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. This is the Pharisee praying, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like the, this tax collector here. Uh, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get, but the, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So right there, that's just kind of the context and what we're talking about today is the Jew and the Gentile. It's not about your works. It's about your faith. It's not about your faith in your faith. It's about your faith in Jesus. It's just all these different things. And then, um, so next, uh, we just continue on. He says, um, uh, you know, he calls him out and says, you know what, you Jews, you practice the same thing. And then verse 2 picks up saying, We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice th such things. So when Paul says um, the statement, we know that, um, what he's doing is he's calling out um, the readers, the individual, to contemplate these things. He's calling out their reason. He's calling out their knowledge, like their common sense type of thing. He's saying, like, do you not know that um, the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice, practice such things? And then still, he's, this is like him getting to make the, that Jewish person start to kind of think and contemplate and just kind of spark those things and be like, oh, man, like, 
Yeah, and just kind of puts him in a position of realizing what is going on and where he can choose the truth or he can choose unrighteousness. He can choose to keep hardening his heart, but he just calls him out and makes it, turns it into just basic logic or reason. And he says, um, do you suppose, O oh man, and when he says, O oh man, it's kind of just like this feeling, this feeling of emotion. It brings out the emotion and it just shows that his concern. It's like my friend, my brother. Do you not know, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? And it could also read, um, do you not, uh, yeah, do them yourself, that you of all people will escape the judgment of God? So he's basically saying, like, do you really think that you of all people, you're set aside more than everybody else, so you're going to be judged differently than everybody else? Do you think think that you're going to escape the judgment of God? Do you think that you're above everyone else? So he's just call, calling out their ignorance right there. He's just calling out their ignorance and just bringing it to surface um, to the point where they can just push it back down or they can scrape it off. And so he says the next statement, and he's like, do you think that, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Or he's basically saying, do you think that you're set aside more than everyone else, or are you just taking for granted the kindness of God? Like, which one are, which one are you taking right here? And um, then the, the kindness and forbearance of God. Um, God, he doesn't punish us uh, for our sin right away. Um, there's the natural, you know, natural um, uh, cause and effect of sin that happens. But he doesn't punish us right away. He's saving up that punishment till the day of judgment. And so when he, put, when he says that, he's saying, like, do not realize what's happening right now. That God's not punishing you right now, but the punishment is due at some point. The punishment is due at some point. So God is a just God. That, that's what he's saying because the Jews knew, or yeah, they knew that God was just. You know, they understood that there had to be a sacrifice for their sin. They understood that there had to be this to meet this and all this. And so that brings me to Colossians. Um, Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. Got it right that time. Um, Colossians 2, 13 through 14. And uh, this is something that's stuck with me um, for about a week now. And it says, um, And you who were raised, uh, or you, sorry, um, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven us uh, all of our trespasses. And this is how he did it. He's a just God, so this is how he had to do it. He says, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. God being just, all this sin in the world, there had to be something done, and there was a debt that everyone you know, has caused and just this heavy debt, just more and more, the more people are alive, the more sin there's going to be, all this stuff. And then Jesus comes in and he cancels all the debt. The debt was nailed to the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross to just clean slate, past, present, and future. And you got to either accept it, the free gift, or you're going to deny it. And by being ignorant, you're denying it. Like these Jews are faced with a decision and just like everyone else, um, sitting here, including me, uh, we're faced with a decision to be ignorant of what Jesus has done about the debt that has been paid. And, um, and yeah. And so 
Those are those two parties that he's saying. And then going on in verse uh, 5, it says, But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And so he's just saying there's going to be a day, and um, at this point you're just storing up for yourself. There's going to be a day when it's all going to be released where all this grace and all this mercy is going to come to an end, and God's final opposition to evil is going to be finished. It's going to hit the climax. It's going to hit the conclusion of all the evil in the world. And he's basically saying that there will be a day. There will be a day. And just like everyone else here, there will be a day. Now, I, I know basically everyone here, and um, there will be a day that um, we'll be standing before our king, and he's going to say, well done. He's going to say, uh, here is your reward. You chose me. But then everybody here, we know people that are not walking in that. that they've been presented with this. And, um, you know, they're just like Paul here is um, calling out the Jew. And he's saying, look, here's this. You know, are you doing this? Or are you doing this? And it just brings to surface everything. And it brings someone to the point of choosing. You know what? I'm going to keep pushing it down. Or, you know what? They're going to choose, man, I need Jesus and I want him now. And um, the cool thing is, is that's not our job. Our job is to lead him there. Our job is to bring him to that point. But our job is not to make the decision for him. That God is working in their heart. God has a time, uh, just perfectly timed out, like He did in my life. I remember when I was, you know, I was with Matt and uh, in football season, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and senior year, basically. And and man, I didn't even realize it at, at the time where He was planting seeds in my heart. Um, he was even inviting me to Bible, you know, Bible studies, and he would meet up with me one-on-one or me and someone else two-on-one, and he was just planting seeds, planting seeds, and um, I don't think, I think he might have checked if my faith was in Jesus, and he's like, hey man, uh, I just, is your faith in Jesus? And I probably said yes, but I, I don't even think I knew what it meant at that point. I was just right. saying yes to say yes, and, and uh, it just seeds slowly and slowly, and he could have been like, you know, showing me all this cool stuff in the Bible and all these just mysteries of God revealing them to me. And, and he could have been like, so you want Jesus? Are you going to start following Jesus? Are you, you realize how ignorant you've been? Like he could have done all this stuff, but, but he just kept working on me, working on me to the point where, you know, two years later or a year and a half later from when I even talked to him last, um, he's just like, I, I didn't know anyone else to go to, but the, the Holy Spirit just working on me and working on me, and it got to the point where I was just like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to stop pushing it down. I'm ready to stop walking in sin and doing all these things. And um, But moving on, uh, verse 6, it says, He will render to each one according to his works. And now, um, how many of you guys like singing? Any of you guys singing? Um, yeah, I guess all of us here like singing. That's awesome. I do too. Um, in case you guys were wondering, no one asked me, but um, anyways, um, yeah, I love singing. But um, I really, really love singing when everyone around me is singing. You know, it's really easy to hit the tone. You know, when I'm singing. Um, but sometimes when I'm worshiping God, um, I like to add a little extra oomph. I like to add a little. Yeah, or like something like that. I like to add a little something in there. Um, but the problem is, is when I'm singing, when I'm singing in a group with everybody else, those yeah, like sounds good. But as soon as everyone else stops singing, I'm like, I'm going for it. 
yeah, Jesus. Like, it's just way off tone. And it just does not sound right. Like, my voice sounds so much better when there's 15 other people around me singing. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I don't know what it is. But but the funny thing is, is like in verse 6, it says he'll render each one according to his works. Is um, like here on earth, it's really easy for everybody around here to just continue along their day. You know, that everyone's just singing in the choir of yeah, all humanity. We're just walking around like... You know, either falling or doing this, but no one notices it because, right. you know, either everyone else is doing it or everyone else around you sounds great. And so you can just, you know, like have your voice crack or like croak, whatever, and, and no one's going to notice. But, but the fact is, is that he will render each one according to his works. The fact of the matter is, is that every one of us will be standing one-on-one with Jesus. We're that solo, we're that little... You know, that little moment where you try and step out there and do it alone, it's not going to sound very good. I think every one of us are going to get up before Jesus, and uh, we're just going to realize how unworthy we were, or how unworthy we are. And and then we're going to realize, man, I can't believe how off-key I was. I think there's a lot of us that are sitting here, and we're like, we're thinking... Man, I'm being such a good Christian right now. Like, it, you know, it goes both ways. It goes to the point where you can just kind of mix in with the crowd, and no one's gonna notice what you're doing and get away with it and everything. But it goes the other way too, where we're like, you know, sometimes this happens to me. I think in those solos, I sound really, really good, but in reality, um, it doesn't sound good. And so, do you guys see what I mean? How it can go both ways. And um, but one day, man, it'll be revealed to its finest. We're gonna see. He's gonna reveal to us who we are. Yeah. We don't even, yeah, we don't even know half the things we do, more than half the things we do, and um, it's easy to get away with it when we're in the group. Um, but then going right back to one another, we call each other up, we call each other out. Man, it's gotta happen. Um, it's gotta happen. You gotta say, man, um, you're kind of off on this note. You gotta say, you're you're a little off key here. Let me help you. Let me show you. Let me show you how to put those fingers on the guitar, type of thing. You guys know what I mean. Um, that's what we're here for. And so, um, moving on, uh, verse seven it says, "To those who I patience and well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality." So let me read this verse in kind of a like a translation that puts it more into perspective. It says, um, "To those who with patient endurance look beyond their well doing." Um, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. It's not in our works. Right. It's not in our works. Um, just like back at that last verse, how well, it'll all be individual um, when we're standing face to face with God in heaven, but he's worried about the individualness right now and right here. He's worried about that right here and right now. And um, it's not in our works. He's worried about our faith. He's worried about you individually. He's not worried about... Um, all of he is worried about all of us collective, but he's worried about us individually first and foremost. He's worried about our relationship with him first and foremost. He wants to take care of us before we take care of everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, um, and patience, um, not because of our well doing. That should be a byproduct, guys. That should be a byproduct by the faith that we have in Jesus. That he's going to transform us from the inside out. And like um, Pastor Dave was teaching about last Sunday, um, that you can't help but do these things. Right. You can't help but do these things right. um, because you're just so filled with joy the, with the joy of the Lord. Um, you're doing it because of what Jesus has already done for you. Um, and you get to do it in complete freedom and joy. And um, 
Uh, moving on, uh, verse 8. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Just like the day of judgment that we talked about, guys. It's, it doesn't get much more straightforward than that. And then verse 9, it says, There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. So this is, you know, Paul just saying to the Jew right here, just in conclusion of these statements, he's saying the Jew first and the Greek. Uh, both of you guys, everyone's going to be tested. And then he just goes on to say, But glory and honor, peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. Um, boom, just like that. And uh, that's pretty straightforward, am I right? That's pretty straightforward. You know, this is what you're going to get. If you do this, this is what you're going to get. And you do this, and we're all in the same boat type of thing, right? And so this is what I'm going to conclude with, guys. We're going to back it up to verse 4, because I think this is one of the most important things that we could ever hit on when we're talking about Jesus in the Bible. It says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And so let's define repentance real quick. It is a change of mind leading to a change of action. Okay? So repentance, a change of mind leading to a change of action. You no longer, when you repent, you're no longer thinking of sin the same way. You're no longer thinking it of, uh, of it as uh, attractive. You're thinking of it as ugly. You're no longer excited to do it. You are just burning up inside trying to get away from it. You know, there's this whole new mindset that happens when you repent from sin and you turn to Jesus. It's no longer the same boat or anything. So when it's saying God's kindness is meant to lead to repentance, uh, that's what it means. And so um, a little picture for you guys is, um, so I was, um, I remember always going camping with um, my family friends back in the day. And I was a young buck, I was probably like, eight years old or something. And I remember always getting into trouble with my other family friend who was about nine years old when our parents were, you know, we all came together. And we'd do something, you know, just do something so dumb or, you know, just something we should not be doing. And then um, all of a sudden, um, my buddy, uh, let's just say his name is Jim, uh, he said, his dad goes, hey, Jim, get over here. And, and he just start like yelling at him or something like, you do not do that. Like, come on, you, you know, you're not supposed to be doing stuff like that. And I'd be sitting there like, fuck you, like, that sucks, like, man, my parents aren't even here, like, I don't have to worry about this. And um, so what this is, is with God, like, he had his parent there to kind of discipline him. And of course it was out of love, because he doesn't want to see him do the wrong things and go down the wrong path, or see him do the wrong thing and get hurt, or anything like that, so he's disciplining him, right? He's watching out for him. And just like I was standing here, um, just kind of in the background, I was just going like, man, I'm so glad my you know, parents didn't see me doing that type of thing is when you haven't accepted, accepted Christ, you're, you're not quite yet his child. You know, like the, the price has been paid for you to become his child, the child right. of God, Good. but you haven't accepted it yet. You have not, yeah. you know, you know, uh, like signed the paper or whatever. You have, you're not quite his child. So like when you're not walking with Christ and when you don't know Jesus, you're kind of walking there and like you see that person get disciplined, you're walking there perfectly fine. And this one is talking about God's kindness, his forbearance, everything. Right. The fact that God is, I remember when I was walking um, without Jesus, and man, everything was great. Like, I could be so ignorant, and things were going so good, and I didn't have to worry about things, I wasn't getting hurt, all this stuff. And like, I remember like being at like a party or something, and I remember I was like on this like 12 foot roof, like up there, like drinking and doing all this just stupid stuff. And then um, we're like getting down from the roof, roof, and I'm like, 
hey guys, check this out. And I like jump off the roof and like land and my back was already bad. I'm just doing these things. And I didn't even get hurt. I didn't even get hurt. And I'm, I'm just thinking of all these times where I'm just doing just terrible things, dumb things, stupid things. And I'm just thinking back, reflecting on God's kindness on me during those times. Right. On his forbearance. He wasn't pouring out wrath. Like he could have been like, bam, like right there, your back is broken. Like all this, like he could have, he could have done all that. You know how powerful he is, all that stuff. And I'm just trying to think of like, I got story on story where I, I'm like, man, I got this stuff so good. And I'm just, everything, everything started going so good. And then I realized how good it was going but how bad the things I was doing was. That's the point I got to. And that's what, like, when I read that verse, his kindness, his forbearance, his patience is supposed to lead you to repentance. Um, that's exactly what happened with me, and I think it's exactly what happened with just about everybody here. That it wasn't his, the fear of God, it wasn't, you know, all this stuff. It was, holy smokes, how kind of a God, how good of a God, how good of a father this might be. And then just like we were talking about that, yeah, kind of story about me camping with my friends and my family friends. Um, at one point, if that were to keep happening over and over and I never got disciplined, at some point I'm going to be sitting there and say, man, I really wish my parents disciplined me like that. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just two ways on that also. And so with God's kindness, how good he is. And so I encourage you guys to um, think about the time when you were not walking with Jesus. And, and just reflect on how good he was to you. And remember that, you know, some of you might be sitting in uh, Bible study right now or walking around through life, doing your thing, whatever. And you're like, you're starting to forget of why you repented. Why you repented. Maybe you're starting to think, man, I must have just done it, you know, because of, you know, I don't want to go to hell. Or I, I must have just done it because um, because that's the right thing to do. Or something. Like, really think back and remember why did I repent? Why did I change my mind about sin and started following Jesus? And and then some of you might be sitting here where like you haven't really changed your mind about sin. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bible says something about like you must repent, or Jesus says it multiple times to repent. Am I right, Matt? Yeah, over and over. And like honestly, as everyone here repented, you know, it's a question. Like I remember talking with Josh multiple times, and people are like. We just talked about how people think repentance is such like this condemning thing. Like this this idea of like man like cowering down and like rolling over and like crawling away type of thing, like repent and everything. But no, it's repent. Have you repented? Have you repented yet? Because it's not changing your mind about a few sins. It's not changing your mind about a few things. It's changing your mind about sin in general. Like, are you one foot in, one foot out? Are you two feet out with the finger in? Like, because I don't think there should be any middle ground. There shouldn't be any sin that's unrepented of. And I understand that we still struggle, and there's still struggle to deal with this sin. But if your mind hasn't been changed on it, if you're still viewing this sin as attractive, and you're not viewing it as it like, man, I want, my flesh wants it, but I know I don't want it, and you're just having this battle, man, you have repented of that sin. You have changed your mind about that sin. But I think there's some sin. I mean, I imagine every single person here where there's some things where like, man, whatever God says, I'm still going to do this. Like, you haven't quite repented of all the sin. You guys feel me on that? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, remember why we repent. 
and uh, and just kind of reflect on that because you know anyone who reads this portion of scripture and really dives into it, um, it's kind of one message for the non-believer and it's another message for the believer. And it applies to both, and um, it's just kind of you know it's ageless, it's never ending. So um, that's Romans chapter one or two verses one through ten. And uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Good man. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's pray real quick. Uh, God, man, I just thank you for your goodness and your kindness, kindness and uh, how patient you were with me personally and uh, every person here. I mean, how patient you are with uh, humanity in general. And Lord, uh, God, I ask that you just bring to surface things that uh, we need to repent on and uh, we need to change our mind about and uh, change our actions of. And um, Lord, yeah, God, we just thank you for uh, how good of a father you are, that it is an honor to call you our king. It is an honor to call you our father, and uh, ultimately it's an honor to call you our creator, our God. And so, uh, God, uh, be with us, and uh, we lift all these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give it up for Dan, guys.